Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Discovery Debrief, your guided jaunt into discussing the latest trek into the final frontier, Star Trek Discovery. I'm co-host Chris Clow, and I'm joined by our regular panel of bold Trek franchise explorers, including Rachel Clow. Hey. Zaki Hassan. Howdy. And Cicero Holmes. I am Stubbs. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. You are indeed. Uh, well, you've likely noticed through the episode title that you probably saw right before you actually downloaded this episode and our slightly remixed intro that the subject of this episode isn't actually going to be Trek related. And that's for a couple of different reasons. One, Trek topics are a little light right now in the off season of Discovery. And two, the biggest movie ever is in an area of genre fiction that our panel all have managed to have opinions about and feel very comfortable in. So to that end, we're going to spend this episode talking about the decade-building culmination of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, but first things first, as always, let's check in with what our panel's been up to. How are you guys doing? And have you guys had any Trek absorption since the last time we all convened? Rachel, you're continuing Deep Space Nine. Heck yeah. Season six, baby. Is it your favorite season? Uh, so far. I mean, the last like three or so episodes I've watched have been kind of duds. Uh, I just watched the one where Quark... Uh, has to become a woman yeah, <laughs> and apparently learns nothing about women. <laughs> As he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can't all be spectacular. That's but, true. They had to make 24 episodes. But, but you did watch the one where Cisco brought the Federation or brought the Romulans into the war against yeah. the Dominion, yeah. which might be my favorite episode of the show. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, but yeah, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Cicero, now that you've completed Voyager, uh, when do you think you're going to jump into another Trek show, or is that still sort of to be determined? Uh, it's a little to be determined, but it will be soon. And which one do you think that might be? Uh, it will almost certainly be DS9. Okay. All right. I can't, I can't blame you for yeah. going back to DS9. It's just such yeah. a great show. Uh, Zachy, it's been a while since we've talked, so- yes. How has your life in Trek been, even through all of the craziness that has come up since the last time you were able to join us? Uh, I, I've put a pause on on my rewatch. We were literally uh, we we paused it, uh, me and the boys, right before all good things. So it's almost like we just we don't want to let go of the next generation just yet. <laughs> and so so uh, whenever we we pick up, it's going to be with that. But it's just we've been so busy with everything else going on that um, it's, you know, just putting a little pin in it, but we'll be back before too long. Yeah, sure. That's understandable. Now, um, have you guys decided if you're going to include the movies when you do start it back up again? That's actually a good question. Uh, yeah, I I would imagine so, even though the boys have, have seen all of the movies already. Right. Um, except for Nemesis, which I have no desire to see. But I guess since that comes, <laughs> that, that comes after everything anyway. So I guess, yeah, I don't see why not, you know? Sure. Yeah. They don't need to know it exists. They can just go their whole life. See, we need knowing. to do we need to do an episode of Nemesis because my hatred for it is minimal at best. And I would love to get into exactly what the source is 
for all of this antipathy that fandom at large seems to have for it. Like they hate it more than the Phantom Menace. They hate it more than Electra, it seems. I don't think they hate it more X-Men than the, the Last Menace, Stand. I, I don't know. It seems that way. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, uh, I think Chris is delving into uh, – uh, he's, hit, he's hit hyperbolic speed. Um, so. uh, you might say I've gone plat. Right. I mean, it, uh, it, is, it is an aggressively mediocre movie. It, uh, it's offensive how it just puts a piece of tracing paper over Wrath of Khan and acts like nobody will notice. All right. See, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to – I mean, I'm not going to say that it's a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination – and I don't think that Stuart Baird was the right person for it at all. Yes, but uh, but I, I mean I do I do see s- some value in it that I guess other other people do not, which is perfectly valid. I mean but. you know you know now that we're you know what is it sixteen years out from from its release, it's easy to just be like you know it's another adventure with this crew who we love, and it's an opportunity to spend time with them since we're probably not going to get to again. But as far as uh, the the peak quality of next generation and Toto to me it's it's pretty far removed from you know I don't know yesterday's Enterprise or something you know in terms of oh sure yeah. yeah and I don't think any reasonable fan would put it in that sort of category but you know it also one one place I will say that it absolutely fails is as a finale for the TNG crew oh very much like so. it, it just it just does not work at all on that here, level. Chris here's a question this is for you guys actually because I was I was talking about this online with somebody. Given what we know, where the next generation movies ended up with all four of them qualitatively, do you think it would have been better if the finale of All Good Things was the last that we ever saw of the next generation crew? Um, I I would say no, because then we wouldn't get first contact, right? Right. Even with first contact, like on balance with the four movies. You mean like it potentially if they had actually done what? might have been one of the original plans and switched all good things and uh, generations. Like if, if all good things was told on a cinematic scale or do you mean just ending just, it? Just, you know, stop? they didn't do any movies, but that was the, oh, last okay. of the D, you know? No, I don't think that uh, that's necessarily a price worth paying considering mm. my extreme affection for first contact. Well, and, and Chris, you and I will be going through and doing commentaries on all four of the next generation yes. movies. So yes, we will. that's something to looking, look forward to. Looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have, we'll definitely have to do a, a couple of episodes of this show just to rope these, these two people into a discussion about them as well. Along so I'm with saving us. my comments on Nemesis. All, all right. All right. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Well, we do have some, uh, some news to get to real quick before we actually take our little detour into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let us take a look at a couple of news items. So the biggest franchise news surrounds the future of Trek on film, with confirmation that Paramount is going after director S.J. Clarkson for the fourth Kelvin Timeline Star Trek film. Clarkson has directed episodes of Luke Cage and The Defenders, in addition to episodes of Dexter and Ugly Betty. She has one film under her belt, which is called Toast. And uh, also Chris Hemsworth is set to return as George Kirk somehow. And there's been rumblings about his return to the franchise, I think, since before Star Trek Beyond came out. Uh, And also concurrently with that, Quentin Tarantino's movie project is still apparently developing, but potentially into a separate Trek film series. So how do we feel about this whole totality 
of cinematic Star Trek news. Zachy, why don't you start us off? Well, m- most importantly for me, the what made me happy about this announcement, above and beyond the director who, if I'm honest, I, I'm not familiar with her work, so uh, I, I can't speak uh, to her specifically, but we're getting more Kelvin movies. Yeah. That's, that to me was was the, the what made me happiest, and the fact that it is uh, a a uh, female director, and that's some ground being broken for this franchise is just that's like the icing on the cake for me. More, more above and beyond that was hey, more Kelvin movies coming. Yeah, totally. Rachel, I don't think Quentin Tarantino's movie is going to happen. <laughs> that's what I said too. I agree with you. Yeah, like this is just evidence that. I don't know. Like they're like trying to <laughs> occupy him or something. Like they're distracting him. Maybe well, something they don't want him to do. And at this point, he's kind of a distraction. You know, like with all of the news that has come out recently and the controversy that he was kind of caught up in. Maybe that doesn't have anything to do with it, but it feels like that could potentially detract from things that he, his name is on, particularly as it relates to an established franchise. Maybe, maybe we'll see. But uh, yeah, time will tell. I wouldn't bet against you. Just saying. Cicero? Uh, too many timelines. <laughs> two timelines. I stop my timelines at two. Um, I don't need. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need a tertiary timeline. Um, this is. I, I feel like I'm about to begin an episode of Batman, the '60s Batman. So uh, yeah, I, I I'm tending to agree with hashtag Rachel was right, um, and and the fact that yeah maybe they're just trying to find some busy work for Tarantino um, to allow him to uh, play with the tertiary timeline. Tarantino's timeline uh, is terrific or terrible uh, in totality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I I certainly don't disagree with any of that. I mean. It'll be interesting to see if Tarantino's movie does end up happening, if it's going to be a prime timeline movie or not. Uh, the only real thing that comes as far as like a wish list from my end is concerned. I'm thrilled, just like Zachy, that we we're getting a, a fourth Kelvin timeline film. And uh, Clarkson is the director. Sounds awesome. I'm sure that she'll do a great job. The only thing that I would want, and I think the only way it can happen, is if the, uh, the Viacom-CBS merger goes back through. Yes. Give me an ad. Give me an Admiral Lorca in the alternate reality. Uh, nice. I want to see it. Or Lorca, all yeah. Admiral Lorca, or or a Captain Burnham, or uh, President Saru. He became president. <laughs> of the It'd be hilarious if if non mirror Lorca is the most boring, <laughs> desk bound. You know, <laughs> he's like the yeah. exact opposite of what we expect. He works. He works in HR. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> he's like he's like the Picard. Remember, remember the Picard from tapestry? tapestry? Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna say that. <laughs> well, that would be pretty funny. I mean, that would be kind of sad, but I bet Jason Isaacs would have fun with it. Like he would give him like a Poindexter-y voice, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm HR manager Gabriel. Will you please turn? <laughs> it's like a total throwaway scene. You know. <laughs> oh well, who knows? But I mean, I would like to see some discovery acknowledgement. Presuming that that merger does go through, it's like the only corporate merger that I'm actually rooting for, just because of my love of Star Trek. So I hear you. We'll see what happens. Uh, Last thing with news, we we haven't touched on some pretty big developmental news with Discovery itself. 
First of all, we never addressed on this show the fact that actor Anson Mount was cast as Captain Christopher Pike of the Starship Enterprise. And the fact that production has begun on season two. And Cicero, I'm sure you saw some very familiar looking uniforms that are going to be worn in season two. That that had to have tickled your fancy a little bit. But it looks like we'll actually also be stepping aboard the Enterprise uh, if some of the... There was a behind-the-scenes video that was released, uh, particularly one of Burnham walking through to sec- uh, 3F Section 125 on the Enterprise, which corresponds with the location of Spock's quarters on the original series. So how do we feel like Season 2 is shaping up? I mean, we don't know anything about plot details except the fact that the Enterprise is in the mix. So how is this all looking to you guys? Uh, Zachy, start us off. I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with. I really um, uh, love uh, Anson Mount being cast as as C- Captain Pike. I mean, uh, I loved him as as Black Bolt, even though we didn't even hear his voice. But I he he was terrific on the Inhumans, and and I've liked him and everything he did. He was actually the 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 romantic lead in uh, Crossroads, which is oh. the Britney Spears starring vehicle, <laughs> uh, which also starred uh, Uhura, Zoe Saldana. So, oh, Trex. now we got to watch that for the no, you really, no, you really please, don't. please, no. <laughs> I told you is all you need to know about that movie. Um, but no, but he, he's, he's a, he's a really good actor and, and he's a really good choice. So, so, I mean, look at him he looks like Jeffrey Hunter. He does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so I, I remember, uh, I don't know if I said it on this show, but certainly online, I was like, I, I hope uh, we get uh, Bruce Greenwood. But yeah. if, failing that, I, I have absolutely no problem with Anson Mountain. I think that's terrific. Yeah, well said. Cicero, how is it shaping up in your mind? Well, um, you know, I was surprised to hear Zachy say that he was terrific as Black Bolt. Um, because like uh, the Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads, I try to pretend like the Inhumans didn't exist. It never happened. Um, it's in it's in that tertiary timeline that uh, Tarantino is working on. I mean, I, I think the cast was better than the show. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, sure, fair, fair enough. Um, yes, they there was uh, there were great costumes. Um, they spent all of their budget on costumes, and um, yeah, they filmed it in my garage actually. <laughs> they spent yes, and uh, you can right, see and, all my shit in the background. I mean, it looks like they had like a dollar fifty. To and and your dog wrote it, <laughs> like, maybe, and they projected maybe. it on an IMAX screen, <laughs> right. which is what you do with a TV show. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And Zachy's dog is actually Lockjaw. They yeah, just the camera yeah. up really close to him. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh i i'm i'm happy that he was still able to to find work after uh the um the uh excrement that was the yikes but, I, but how do you really feel cicero i'm not sure <laughs> well, we're gonna have to start up cicero's agony booth here if we're not too careful um so yeah, so I'm 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 super happy uh, to uh, have him actually be in a role where he can speak and uh, emote in a way that makes sense. Uh, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him join the cast, and uh, you know I guess time will tell to see how long uh, Pike and the Enterprise crew will be around on Discovery. Excellent, Rachel. He's very handsome. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's all. I mean, I've never seen him in anything. So, like, he's handsome in a very Jeffrey Hunter sort of way. So, Jeffrey Hunter is handsome to you? Yes. Okay. I mean, I figured, because he's very, I mean, he's handsome to me, but... <laughs> yeah. You know. Jeffrey Hunter is very handsome to yeah. me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... I feel like I'm getting old, because all of the, like, leading leading actors that are popular now have names that I've never heard of before. Like Anson and Ansel. Ansel. Like right. Timo- Timotei. Yeah, I guess so. I'm old. You're not old. You just turned 29 for yeah, God's sake. Rachel. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I'm excited too. I was actually pretty interested to see that, um, you know, we're getting gold, red, and blue shirts back. It seems like they may have taken a little bit of a cue from the first Discovery tie-in novel, uh, Desperate Hours by David Mack, because Mack actually goes into some pretty intense detail because the Enterprise features very prominently in that book, along with Captain Pike, that Constitution-class ships and the Enterprise in particular because of their prominence in the fleet, they have different uniforms. And at the time, I was just like, well, you know, he's just trying to rationalize the uh, the 50-year-old aesthetic with the clearly new aesthetic that was established on Discovery. Mm. And that might not end up being the case at all. Like, they might actually be running with it, uh, which is a pretty novel idea. Uh, obviously, there are still some very specific and minute differences in the way that those uniforms and the aesthetic look that fandom will likely debate uh, to hell and back. But overall, I mean, it looks like the presence of the Enterprise on Discovery is going to be as more truthful than we may have thought to the previously established aesthetic. And the fact that we know who Captain Pike is going to be is great. I'm still waiting on a number one casting announcement. And like the rest of Star Trek fandom, Still waiting on a Spock announcement. Mm. Maybe that's a surprise they're holding. Maybe Quinto is up there and we have no idea. I don't know. But mm. uh, I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. But uh, let's move along to our main uh, well, event. Chris, real quick, oh, actually. I, I don't know if you mentioned this, and I think it's worth talking about that. Uh, the, the person who designed the new version of the original Enterprise talked about how legally they couldn't do a full-on replica of the Matt Jeffries design. Right, yeah, I did see that, but then I saw that uh, apparently one or two of the producers of the show then turned around and said that was not the case; it was really? an artistic choice. No so kidding. I'm not sure what to believe. Wow. I, we'll, we'll need to we'll need to look into that a little That's bit more. A developing but, story, it sounds. Yeah, like. exactly. I think that it definitely does merit more uh, conversation from us as a yeah. unit when more of the facts come out. But yeah, I, the only reason I didn't bring it up is because I don't know what to believe right now. Oh, wow, so. okay. That's interesting. Do the reporting, Chris. Do all right. hard-hitting uh, journalism. Well, Figure I'll, it out. I'll, I'll, all right. I'll, I'll do to it. put on your rumpled trench coat and <laughs> fedora. Magnifying glass. And get my J. Jonah Jameson stogie out and do all of that stuff. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on that. But let's move along to the main event of this episode, which is going to be our discussion, our detour in the, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe by discussing Avengers Infinity War. So the latest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has arrived with some major consequences for seemingly all of the characters in play. It's a massive cast, like everybody and their mother starred in this movie. Uh, But first thing we should warn everyone about 
this is very much going to be a spoiler-filled discussion. We are not holding back, so if you have not seen Avengers Infinity War and are planning to, you should probably turn the episode off here and start it back up after you've seen the movie. Consider yourself warned. Uh, first things first, though, let's go around the panel and just sort of briefly relate our uh, our associations and interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe along with your favorite single movie in the series thus far. Cicero, take us away. Uh, I've seen them all. I've seen them all multiple times. Uh, I've seen them all in the theater. Uh, except for, I think I didn't see Thor Dark World in the, in the theater. Uh, there is a reason. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, my favorite film in the, uh, in the ethos of the MCU uh, should come as no surprise, the recently released and uh, record-breaking Black Panther. Um, excellent. Yeah, excellent movie. Yeah. Very good choice. Zachy. Uh, my gosh, my, my uh, favorite out of, out of all of them is hard to pick because the best ones are all sort of clumped together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think if you twisted my arm, I would probably say the winter soldier. Good one. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, man, I, I love this universe. You know, I, 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 uh, as as somebody who grew up just just swimming in in the Marvel comics uh, ethos all my life, I mean for me it's like Marvel and Star Trek and Star Wars. Those are those are kind of my my triple crown. Uh, it, for ten years now, I've been going to the theater every couple of months and watching come to life this thing that I grew up uh, loving so much, you know. And and uh, it's just such a surreal place to be. You know, I'm sitting in the theater and I'm like. Uh, you know, uh, for Infinity War, and I'm like, this is Doctor Strange, and he's talking to Iron Man, and and Rocket Raccoon is hanging out with Thor, and and look, <laughs> Black Panther is 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 talking to the Vision, and you know, and you're like, how did we get here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it it feels like it it doesn't feel real. You know what I mean? It's almost yeah. it's almost like we got this thing that's so amazing that that's the reason Trump is president because the debt comes <laughs> <laughs> something. The scales have to be balanced in some horrible way. You know? oh, the, the darkest timeline, but at least we get to go to the movies and, and be entertained in a great way. There is way. that. Yeah. It's a horrible <laughs> experiment. Do you want to live in the timeline where there's no MCU, but More Hillary true. Clinton doesn't have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well said. Rachel? Uh... <laughs> Um, I have seen all of the movies. I've not seen them all in the theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Iron Man when it came out and didn't really register on my radar at the time. Mm-hmm. I've only seen half of Iron Man 2 in the theater because yeah. I got sick during it and had to drag Chris out. I was there. Which because was, you were watching we only been- Iron Man 2 in the theater. That's <laughs> probably why. <laughs> Well, okay, no, what it was is that uh, it, was, it was at an IMAX theater. It's one of the only real, it's not a LIMAX, like an actual IMAX projection right. theater. One of the only ones in North America. We were sitting way too close. And Iron Man 2 has shots that are zoomed in while he's zipping around the air a lot. And she just got nauseous. Like, it's as simple as that. Well, I, I was also... Cause I like, let's not rehash all the times I threw up. Right. But, yeah. um, 
I think I was sick as well, and it didn't help. Well, the situation great. did not help. Now I'm now uh, it just makes me feel worse about it. Okay, well, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you know, kind of a rocky start to it <laughs> for me. Um, I would say that my favorite movie is the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Mm-hmm. That was the first one that I really felt like it that movie was for me mm-hmm. where it was like, it was what I wanted to watch. Yeah. I really loved that movie. And I would say like over the last year, they've been really knocking it out of the park for me. Okay. Um, Spider-Man homecoming. I loved mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. I loved black Panther. I loved, it was so there like are, on the whole, I'm a lot more lukewarm than a lot of people. But mm-hmm. uh, over the last year, I've really, Really, really dove into it and been happy with it. I, um, yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, as for me, um, you, you know, it, it, everything goes back to comics for me. Like the only, the reason that I write today is because of comics. I got my start writing comic book reviews uh, for BatmanOnFilm.com. And uh, so my in when I was a young kid, was it was all DC except for Spider-Man the Animated Series in the early 90s. Uh, that was my, my only non-DC... Uh, comic book character consumption pretty much was the Spider-Man animated series, occasionally the X-Men show, and occasionally some of the other shows from that same production team like Hulk and Iron Man, but mostly Spider-Man. But when I started working as a comic book retailer in September of 2007, that's when I really discovered full bore the Marvel Comics universe and dove in head first. And I, my, my knowledge of Marvel Comics, does it's not at, quite at my level of DC Comics, but working in a comic book store for eight hours a day, you can dive into a big back issue section and become an expert. And that's what my mission was to do. And I, 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 I'm certainly not an expert when it comes to, to comparing to other people, but it was enough to get me through working at a comic book store where I could competently answer questions about uh, Squirrel Girl when they came up. So I feel like uh-huh. my deep dive was sufficient enough to actually get full bore into the continuity of Marvel Comics. And that's when I discovered my favorite Marvel character was Captain America. Thank you, Ed Brubaker uh, uh-huh. and Mark Wade, but um, and George Perez and Kurt Busiek. Uh, but... My favorite MCU movie, like Zachy, it's it's The Winter Soldier, but like Rachel, the, the movies over the last year and a half or so, they're all good to varying degrees, I think, except for maybe Thor The Dark World. I have enjoyed every single MCU movie, though, and um, picking between Winter Soldier and Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther is really tough for me personally, but since Cap is my favorite Marvel character, I have to give the nod to Winter Soldier, and I love that story so much anyway. So that's pretty much where I stand and where I'm coming from. But so let's give overall impressions of Avengers Infinity War, the culmination of all of these movies that we've all watched. Uh, this is number 19, I think, isn't it? Yes, yes. So, I mean, 19 movies, it's not, it's not small potatoes. The MCU is going to outnumber Bond movies before too long. Uh, so, Cicero, give us your overall impressions of Avengers Infinity War. Uh, so, 90% of this movie was the most imp- – because of – the the history that that we've all had as fans uh with with the universe with the MCU it was 90% of this movie was the most impactful 
uh, film that I may have ever watched uh, in terms of, uh, you know, especially in terms of uh, action and sci-fi and, 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 you know, what this movie has meant, you know, being actively engaged uh, in this universe for 10 years, going to multiple movies throughout the course of, the, of those 10, uh, throughout the course of that decade. Uh, then the last 10% happened and it immediately went away. But what a fun ride. Like it, it was incredibly enjoyable um, in terms of a film in a vacuum. What, what a blast. Great film. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Zachy, how about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Cicero. I mean, I, you know, I, I think uh, obviously it, this is less a culmination than the beginning of the culmination. Right. And obviously that's a good thing to know. But uh, again, I, I really appreciated just the, I appreciated the experience of experiencing it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, again, just sitting there and letting it wash over me and be like, this is what they've been building f- to for 10 years. And the way it rewarded uh, uh, people who've been along on this ride. I mean, this really is not aimed at people who are like, what's a Marvel? And then this, you know, <laughs> it, it's just it's just not for them. You know, it, it just so happens that these movies have made what, like $14 billion, something crazy. So there's a very deep pool of people who are already completely on board and this is a present for them right and that's not a bad thing at all you know no absolutely not yeah i think the point is very well taken rachel i liked a lot of it Mm -hmm. i thought it was a good movie and it was well constructed and there's a lot of people in it and none of them felt underserved by the movie which is pretty impressive um that being said, it made me really depressed and kind of resentful, <laughs> um, which I don't like feeling that way after I've seen a movie. Uh, and I mean, I can talk more in depth about what upset me right? later and later, but um, just in general, it just kind of upset me in a very unsatisfying way. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Understandable. Uh, when I was tasked with writing a review of this movie, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, because, well, and as people who've seen the movie know, you know, I've seen arguments out there that this is a complete story in the sense that there was a character who set out to do something and did what he set out to do. Uh, but we know that that guy isn't the, the main feature player of this entire world that's been being built for the last decade. So I don't buy that argument. I do not think that this was a complete story. And that's where most of my, I guess, sense of dissatisfaction comes from. But even though that's the case, I mean, I was reasonably sure it was going to be a cliffhanger going into it and nothing can take away from the power that this movie had over me from moment to moment. Uh, I mean, it was just sheer ecstasy seeing these kinds of interactions that we've all been kind of thinking of over the course of watching these movies for the last decade and uh, seeing that service, like Rachel said, seeing that service get paid in a substantive way to this enormous cast had to have been uh, just a titanic Herculean effort and it paid off. 
the the way that you watch this movie is completely dependent on the way that you've absorbed the other ones. So in that sense, I can't really say that Infinity War stands on its own, as Zaki alluded to, but uh, it definitely does reward you. And if you have a favorite character, chances are they got their moment in this movie. Uh, even ones that are relatively lesser used, like my favorite guy, not very highly used in this movie. That's okay though, because he has my favorite moment in the movie. Uh, and I wanted to see it again just so I could see that moment again. And I want to see it again, again, because (laughs) there are several other moments that I want to relive in the theater because those, those moments and those characters have that kind of power that only comes from a long track record. And now that we're seeing the rewarding payoff to that, even if infinity war only hints at what that payoff's going to be, that's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of a review on my end, but not quite anyway. Uh, uh, so going into this movie, which characters single or plural were you dialed into the most? Like whose story did you really want to see unfold next? Zaki? Uh, definitely Captain America. Like you, he's, he's probably my favorite character in the MCU. And, and like you, I was, I was a little disappointed by his, his overall lack of screen time. Uh, but I think also like you, I, I loved the big sort of showcase moments that he got. I think, I think his intro in this movie, that's it. Dude, oh man, dude! Oh man, dude! I I I wanted to stand wow. up and just like start applauding. It's so perfect, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. it tells you something about how completely Chris Evans has taken ownership of this character. That he shows up looking about as non Captain America like as possible. He's got this hag, this you know, big beard, and he doesn't have the shield. His uniform's all messed up. But you're like, that's effing Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's the moment that I, I was talking about. I oh had to gosh. see that again. So perfect. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm seeing the movie again in in less than an hour. And seriously, no joke. That's I'm like looking forward to experiencing that moment with the crowd again. You know, and kudos to Alan Silvestri because right? holy hell, he brought yeah. it. I, I was just listening to that track yep. earlier today on my <laughs> way home, and I was just I was I'm just going to get gas, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> Fill up on three. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Cicero. Regular on Lennon. Um, Yeah. So, (laughs) um, uh, you know, I don't know if I went into this film looking for a specific character. Um, Maybe, maybe Thanos. Mm. Um, Because, you know, we've been, we've been teased with Thanos so much outside of the Guardians films. Uh, where where he was a bigger character, but even even then he was still kind of like this. You know, he was kind of like the wizard behind the curtain. Um, f- you know, for those films, uh, I, when I when I see an Avengers film, and actually sometimes when I see a Captain America film, it's it's more about all of the characters coming together mm-hmm. more so than it's than it's about a specific character or wanting to see their portion of the character almost kind of different from the way that I approach crossovers in comics mm-hmm. um, because you, know, you definitely have your, your favorites and mine was Spider-Man. Mine is Spider-Man. And when I, when I read crossovers, I would start with his, his portions of the issues first. And if they were good, 
then I go and and get the rest of the issues or or wait for the trade and and uh, get the get the trades. Um, oh, interesting. But yeah, but like this was uh there wasn't i don't think there was a particular person and and because of that at least for me i really was able to enjoy most of the portrayals of the characters um and and enjoy the kind of the mismatch the ambrosia of of these characters intermixing and intermingling and and you know uh Tony Stark and and Star-Lord Tony Stark and and Doctor Strange Tony Stark and and more Spider-Man um maybe I really wanted to see Tony Stark I don't know. <laughs> um yeah it was it was it was a hell of a lot of fun excellent Rachel I think I know the answer I wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy and meet Thor Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off of Ragnarok and in, he runs into your guys. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, for, for me, unsurprisingly, it was also Captain America, but, and exactly like Zachy said before, yes, he didn't have all that much to do in this movie, but holy hell is intro made up for it. And uh, I can't even describe it. I was so nervous that he wouldn't survive the movie that every single time he was on screen, I was just holding on. I was just relishing it every single moment when vision is about to get pounded into the ground in Wakanda and he doesn't have backup who shows up that I sure as hell wasn't expecting captain America. And just like, (laughs) I I just can't even describe like it it almost as much as I welled up in the intro, I was just like, (gasps) Oh, When Cap ran through, and I was like, "Oh no, is this it? I don't know. Oh, oh God!" So, so I was I was pretty dialed into Cap, but I mean, also like Cicero, I was pretty much along for the ride for everybody. Seeing Spidey again was great. Seeing T'Challa again was spectacular, and Black Widow and Falcon got their moments too, which was great. And uh, I I would have liked to have seen Ross see Bruce Banner, but right. you know. Yeah. Like you're not the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh well. But I mean, it's, it's a comparatively minor thing overall. Uh, one thing I'm actually going to jump over one of the points that you guys see to something that I think is a little more interesting, and certainly something I want to know the answer to. What do you think surprised you the most about the way that this movie played out? There were certainly a lot of surprises, a lot of hushed tones in multiple places in the theater, at least with the, the audience that we watched it with for the first time. Zachy, what surprised you the most as someone who's so dialed into this world, as someone who's familiar with the source material that this movie is based on? So you probably had less surprises than a lot of other people did. So what actually did manage to surprise you? Um, in, in terms of the story as it unfolded, I can't say anything was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. I I, basically everything everything as it happened i was like oh okay cool oh okay cool and i and i mean that in in that i was like totally on board with it um i would say on a on a on a more meta level i was surprised at how emotional uh an experience it was even knowing what that we're seeing something that sort of that we know has to be sort of undone i don't know if that makes sense Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly uh, for me, the, the the closing moments of the film where we see Spider-Man 
just kind of oh my god away and he's like i don't want to go i don't want to go and he's just scared and and again objectively we're like well spider-man homecoming 2 is coming out in like two years so it'll get better <laughs> right, right. i got better you know uh, <laughs> but it doesn't make that moment any less uh, uh gripping and with that in mind all the other pieces the the and this is something i really appreciated more on the second time you know uh when peter quill finds out that gamora has died and the way he f's everything up basically yeah and it's a moment that on the one hand you're frustrated with the character because you see sort of how he's screwing everything up but the way chris pratt plays it to me my heart broke Mm-hmm. Because he yeah. acted in a way that's entirely human, you know. And and on on my other show, uh, uh, Glenn Greenberg, who joined us, he he made a comparison which I would not have thought to make, but I found it very apt. He said it's almost like what they did with Peter Quill in this is what George Lucas attempted to do with Jar Jar Binks, which is <laughs> a, a a foolish character who, in a moment of foolishness, dooms the universe. Ah, uh, uh, huh. yeah. Huh. yeah, you know. I- I can see that that thesis pretty clearly. Yeah, that is kind of the. Result I mean, I would never it. have thought of that, but I was like, I think you're right. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Cicero, what surprised you? Uh, you know, I think that the thing that surprised me most was how how well they were able to blend the tenor and uh, flavor of each and every one of the Marvel films into mm-hmm. this film. Um, you know, in the, in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the film, you could feel like you could feel the tonal shifts. Uh, so, you know, going from, uh, going from the beginning with, uh, with, you know, like that, you know, coming right off the end of Thor Ragnarok, it still kind of felt like that, like, you know, it felt like the extended version of that end, um, and it went, you know, went super dark with 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 Loki dying, and then getting uh, getting treated with uh, Iron Man right after that. It you know it felt like an Iron Man Captain America Avengers film, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and all of those I think tonally feel uh, very very similar. Uh, Doctor Strange, you know, that moment with uh, Doctor Strange and Wang and and uh, and Bruce Banner. Uh, felt like Doctor Strange, even you know. Uh, obviously, they're they're in uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum um, mm-hmm. at that at that particular moment. But it felt like Doctor Strange, and then and then immediately going from from there uh, with with Spider Man, it felt like Spider Man, and then going into space felt very very much like you know the introduction of the Guardians was completely Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, and, totally. You know. Them, you know, in space, the font was very Guardians ish. Uh, them singing the song uh, and everyone just kind of getting along, and and you know, like just everything felt right. Like there was all of this this um, fan service to all of the different fandoms coming and merging together. I thought that was really surprising. And then, of course, when they go to Wakanda, they're playing the Black Panther theme. Uh, so, yeah. so, you know, like, again, immediately you feel like you're you're right. Uh, you're right back in those in those individual films in one giant film. Yeah, definitely. With Thanos as the through line. Right. Driving everyone together. Right. Rachel, what surprised you? I guess Red Skull. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. no kidding. 
Oh. Honestly, there wasn't a ton of surprises. I was surprised by how much I liked the parts that I liked. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't have huge expectations. Oh, I know you did Because, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I found the other two Russo Brothers movies to be a little bit forgettable. Uh, no, um, I know you did. <laughs> this is a constant source of strife in our marriage. <laughs> Uh, not even spider-man elevated civil war for you i mean i like spider-man all right i liked that part of it um it's like i don't know like you put it in front of me and i'm like yes this is i enjoy this but like then i can't remember it (laughs) (laughs) fair enough all right well so you didn't really have that with this one no, I remember this one. Okay. And I, you know, well, I can't tell you what's going to happen six months from now, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to remember this one because it traumatized me. Well, we'll watch so. it again when it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as for me, Rachel took the words right out of my mouth, the Red Skull. We were talking minutes before we walked into the theater. We ate at an IHOP before we went and watched the movie. And some friends that we went with were saying, well, you know, who isn't showing up in this movie? And I said, well, you know, we haven't heard anything from – Red Skull, Hugo Weaving's probably not going to ever come back. And Rachel even said, well, maybe he will be in it. And I was like, he's not going to be in it. Right. <laughs> he's not going to be in it. And then when they go to get the Soul Stone uh, and the face slowly gets revealed, I literally went, oh! <laughs> 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 I realized who is I, I genuinely didn't expect the Red Skull to show up again. Hopefully, he'll get back to Earth. And hopefully we can get other stories with him. I know that Chris Evans is a little bit hot and cold on whether or not he has a future in the MCU after the next Avengers movie. But, I mean, I would love to see a modern day Red Skull Cap story in the MCU. I think a movie would deserve that. But, yeah, by by far, in a movie that had a fair amount of surprises, that one for me was the biggest one. All right, so how did you guys feel Thanos measured up to the villains that have been previously established in the series thus far? Uh, for me, he's second to the Red Skull. Like I actually, Red Skull was my favorite MCU villain. What a shock, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just shocked at the dimension that was added to Thanos. But what do you guys think, Zach? You start us off. I, you know, what what really struck me is how much uh, humanity uh, Josh Brolin was able to imbue into this sort of motion capture creation. And uh, I mean, it. I was just amazed at how I was just like, that is Josh Brolin. That is Josh Brolin as Thanos. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. and and just as a contrast, and I, I don't mean to dogpile on, on DC movies, but like, you know, my complaint about Justice League, which I liked, the movie I liked, but uh, Steppenwolf was this CGI whatever that sounded like Kyron Hines. And I remember saying at the time, I'm like, what? Just get, you got this great actor, put him in makeup, do some motion capture, let us see him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's this is what I wanted there. I wanted a performance, and the fact that uh, you know, I, I I think his motivation. If you stop, if you step back a little bit, it's a little goofy because uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think in the comic books, they at least found a way to to get to the place where what he's doing makes makes sense within what he's trying to do. Uh, however, I didn't even mind that because. Uh, because it just felt like a fully formed character. I didn't feel like I was watching an effect walking around. Yeah, sure. He had belief imbued in yeah, what he was you know, doing. I mean, the, you, when you see tears rolling down his cheeks, you're like, I, I believe what I'm seeing, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Rachel. Yeah, Thanos. his I mean his CGI was good. You could tell it was Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. So that that's good. Um and he didn't feel like totally unreal mm-hmm. like a lot of CGI villains. Um I didn't buy his reasoning for what he was doing. It didn't make any sense to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, it, it's like, so it's some sort of like benevolent genocide or like apolitical genocide. Um, it's like, which- why don't you try doubling everything? Right, make right. things more plentiful. Just a theory. You know? Yeah, like if you have that, why? Like, why do you want to have to kill people if you're all powerful? Um, and I don't know. I felt almost like a deliberate, like you're like deliberately trying to make any, like we don't want this to be construed as us making a statement, mm-hmm. uh, any sort of political or moral statement in any way. Like, it's just, I just wants to kill all of people apolitically no reason (laughs) don't worry about no he doesn't no like it's okay um and i also didn't believe that he i didn't fully buy into his love for gamora it just seemed like it popped up when it the plot needed it to even after having established their relationship in guardians one you didn't think it was but it was like i don't know i I I get that he was her dad. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah. No, I know. Yeah. But like he was abusive and terrible and I didn't like him sort of being like, oh, but he really loved her. <laughs> like, I see. <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but he was abusive and terrible to her and and they're like, Oh yeah, but just so you know, he really loved her. So right. then he kills her and <laughs> It was. It just rubbed me the wrong way, I guess. Okay. Um, and just sort of added to the level of bleak, <laughs> right? Disappointment no, that understand. the whole thing was permeated with, <laughs> in my experience. So okay, yeah. I understand. Uh, Cicero, your impressions of Thanos? Um, I I think you know in in. All sorts of art, the best villains are ones um, with whom the viewer, uh, the consumer can empathize. And I feel like you're right, Zachy, in that if you take a step back, uh, it, the the rationale doesn't make a lot of sense. But in the moment, um, the passion with which yeah. he, he delivers his 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 plan and the way he explains it is is like a fast talker it's it's one of those those moments where you're sitting down with someone and they're saying these things and they're nodding their head and you wind up nodding your head with them <laughs> in agreement and then you walk away and you're like wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and, right, um I tell you, it's a it's a really humdinger of a plan. I'll tell you what, um, but but but, uh, but yeah. So I, I mean, this performance was 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 truly phenomenal. And and you know, I said I said very similar things about uh, Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger uh, in in Black Panther and and the debates that the you know the real world debates that that that. Uh, that his motivations and his his ideology spurred uh, as a result of the, the you know at, after the film was concluded and people were able to see it. I don't think that Thanos's motivations and his ideology will spur the same type of discourse, 
but I feel like the performances were were definitely on par um, it, with in terms of believability and and uh, and and effect and, and the fact that uh, we're talking about a human character playing a human character um, and his performance was you know fully realized as a human versus uh, a human character mocapping a interstellar you know omnipotent being. And that was the performance that, you know, was completely CG. The fact that you were able to see that emotional range uh, from Thanos was was really, really uh, was remarkable. Um, and I, yeah. I think I think actually it it harkens back to what we talked about last week in in, uh, you know, when we did the book review and how Adrian Kodos had a very similar um ideology and and you know with regards to how he thought he could save his one small colony the 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 thoughts are exactly the same and i you know i guess i kind of mimic uh you know i echoed the same sentiments last week (laughs) and sounded like it was right (laughs) way more sense all right that was an emergency situation Kodos was not all powerful. It's also surprising true. to me. It's surprising to me that uh, Zach, you thought that the comics made more sense as far as his motivation was concerned. Because I thought the opposite. Uh, I mean, in the books, he operates at least in Infinity Gauntlet out of his love for uh, a manifestation skeleton lady. Right. Well, and- I, guess, I guess what I'm saying, just to, yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that doing this really kind of ridiculous thing you you kind of say what would prompt that and it would be something that's equally ridiculous which is mm-hmm. i need to prove to lady death how much i love her i'm gonna wipe out half of existence i mean that's <laughs> to feed death. it's preposterous yeah. but within the framework that they've established you can be like okay i guess right whereas here he's like oh i'm i want to like there's too much, uh, you know, uh, suffering. And if we get rid of half the people, there'll be less. Su- like it's one of those things where <laughs> if you look past the fast talker, as, as, as Cicero said, you're like, well, wait a minute, wait a tick <laughs> <laughs> again, snap your fingers and make more stuff. And then, you know, uh, but it's, it, it's not a deal breaker for me. I want to be very clear about that. It's one of those things where you're like, right. oh, okay, cool. I guess. <laughs> well, see, I see. I didn't get these like political implications or apolitical implications, if you want to call them that. Personally, I mean, the the way that I looked at it is that his compassion is a self delusion. Like he sees attaining the ultimate power of the Infinity Gauntlet as a method by which he'll be able to feed his deeply seated sadism. Hmm. So he's telling people. I'm doing you all a favor right. by blinking half of you out of existence when in reality, he just wants to cause the death and destruction. I mean, maybe he has more in common with watching the universe burn in order to paraphrase uh, as opposed to actually trying to serve some greater good. That was the impression that I got. Like that's just a mask for what he really wants to do because he wants to do it because he's crazy. Huh. Okay. You're shaking your head at me. Well, I, I don't think that was explicit in the text of the movie. <laughs> That's, but, I guess, but a, Gamora a says cannon. to him, you're insane. I mean, she doesn't buy this idea that he's trying to push forward of, of benevolence through genocide, as you said. 
she doesn't buy it and he could very well be deluding himself i don't know if that's necessarily a headcanon thing i mean you have people in the story who are telling him you're insane for wanting to do this and he says mm, no i'm not and i don't know i just it seems more practical to me and we're also halfway through the story fair point so all right well so we pretty much established everything that we did like about this movie and there's a lot to like about it but a movie of this size and a movie that has to buy well at least on the business end and on the narrative end because it has to check so many different boxes there has to be some stuff that maybe we didn't come away with liking particularly well uh as the resident critic of the marvel cinematic universe rachel why don't you express what you maybe did not like about the movie? Like you said, well, you said at the earlier on that the ending left you depressed. It doesn't mean that you necessarily didn't like the ending though. Right. I didn't like the ending. You didn't like the, okay. So but including the ending, what else? I mean, okay. expound on your thoughts right. on the ending. All but right. Strap yourself everything. in. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I'm not as mad as about this as I was on like, the day after I saw it. Okay. So, all right. I have to kind of like try and rechannel some of my my feelings. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't. Does that help? That, good impression. Okay. Chris. Good. All right. Yeah. Um, I actually did like that part. So, like, oh, um, the, yeah. In the so gut. that doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I didn't like how it immediately Alien Threes Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> And I say Alien 3 as a verb because Alien 3, so you spent all of Alien 2, like, trying to save the Newt and Bishop, and then Alien 3, they're, like, immediately dead. Right. And I just, like, really hated how the first thing you see is, like, this movie that I loved is, like, oh, Valkyrie, eh, she's dead, probably. Uh, as Guardians, now they're, they're all dead. or Half, half of them. Yeah. Okay, no, maybe it looked like all of them were dead. Heimdall, dead. Yeah, definitely dead. Loki, I think Valkyrie can safely assume she is not dead. That's just my sense. It is kind of an oversight, though. Is one of the bigger characters of that movie for her not to appear in the opening is a little suspect. I mean, I understand that everybody's in this movie already, but we are going to be asking that question. Uh, if and when there is another Thor movie. Yeah, I feel like Tessa Thompson tweeted something about it, a joke about it. Oh, did she? I, I didn't forget what it was. I don't think it was illuminating. I think it was just a joke. Oh, okay. She was like, yeah, I'm not in it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what else did I... Okay, and then the ending. Now, all right, the ending. I do not hate sad endings. I love sad endings. You know this, Chris, right? Yes, I do. I loved Logan. Uh-huh. Dead as a doornail. <laughs> Spoiler alert for Logan. Um, Your favorite Star Wars movie is probably Empire. Uh, yes. Yeah. Actually, I like the OG Star Wars. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Episode four, if you have to. I stand corrected. <laughs> um, but I like Titanic. I like sad things like that <laughs> okay so it's not that it was sad it's that it was sad in a really unresolved way because i know they're trolling me like they're like look at this horrible sad thing mm -hmm. but watch us kill our brand new super popular 
superheroes mm-hmm. that have announced sequels to their <laughs> films coming out. And so, you know, like, it's not really sad, but I'm very sad because I'm watching these people fade out of existence who I've come to care about, but I can't actually be sad. And like the only, and they just needed more. So like the thing that makes you sad and gives you like that, that completion is like uh, the reactions of the people who are left. And the only like bit that we really got of that was like Iron Man and, and Peter Parker's kind of interaction. See, I don't know. What about Okoye, though? You remember how she reacted? Yeah, but then it's like, it's there's these reaction shots of watching someone sort of fade away, yeah. right? Yeah. I wanted a little, just, just a little beyond that to like, what are we going to do? Okay. Like, you need the like, to bring it back to Empire Strikes Back. I just, I needed personally to feel resolved mm-hmm. was... Like the Luke and Leia staring out the window kind of scene, or just something, something, to something just, that left you with more of a sense of possibility that they're gonna do, they're gonna do something, something's gonna happen. It's just they chopped this movie in half huh. with scissors. And I know I had to explain to you afterward who Captain Marvel was. So not even retroactively, you don't get a sense no, of and possibility. Then, and then that. I sat through the entire goddamn credits. <laughs> like, there's going to be the after credits scene that's going to make me feel like, all right, let's go watch. And then I did not understand anything about that. It's just like, oh, no, here's some more characters you like. And they're fading out of existence. Bye. But <laughs> like, but. The- but the space beeper. Yeah, my personal it, feeling about it. I, I actually I, I agree with with your point, Rachel, and I think I think it's it's very valid because definitely the 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 response I had initially was they're setting the cliffhanger with stakes that are so big that like on an intellectual level you're like, well we know they need to hit like the the reset button to get back to some kind of status quo, you know? So it, it's almost like it doesn't hang together as well as like, this is, this is an analogy I made earlier, right? Like, like um, some, sometimes uh, destroying three planetary systems, like in the force awakens, that's not as effective as just sticking a shiv through Han Solo. Right. That, that one death is more emotional. And I think that was some of my initial response to this, where I was like, well, we watch black Panther turn into dust. It's like, well, is black Panther going to really be, you know what I mean? Like you, we know he's not. Yeah. But, but the, the, the thought I had definitely upon second viewing was I was like that, that concern for me, when you really think about it, that's a concern that'll be for one year. And then forever after that's never going to be a concern again. Like these movies will exist as a complete whole forever. Yeah. So right, it's, a, true. it's a purely temporary uh, uh, concern, you know? Well, and one of the things that I want to add, inject into this before, if Cicero has a response right before that, uh, one of the screenwriters, Christopher Marcus had an interview with Buzzfeed and he was asked about Avengers four specifically. And he said, Avengers 4 doesn't do what you think it does. Oh, it's please. a different movie than you think 
it is. Also, the deaths are real. I just want to tell you it's real. And the sooner you accept that, the sooner you'll be able to move on to the next stage of grief. But then, you know, immediately after that, in the in the same interview, uh, Steve McFeely, who's one of his co-screenwriters, says, we're writing Infinity War and even shooting. There's no Black Panther movie. We don't know it's going to be so good, so effective, and so resonant. And we had to treat all these characters the same. People who leave us in Infinity War are the leads of their own franchises, and Black Panther is no different. So how does that not contradict you know, what was said before? I don't necessarily buy in personally to the idea that Avengers 4 is going to be totally different, except for maybe a couple of the deaths might stick. Maybe Gamora's death will stick and that will be what drives the plot for Guardians 3 in trying to get her back. Maybe Mephisto's involved or something. They have to go and find her. But, you know, who knows? But Cicero, do you have any thoughts on Rachel's expressions about the ending? Uh, Hashtag Rachel was right. Um, (laughs) Hashtag Rachel is right. Well, and I, you know, I kind of let off my my comments about this movie in in the same way that like 85% of this film was probably the most impactful Marvel film that I had ever seen. Sure. Um, you know, as a result of all the, you know, the collection of all the movies that we had seen. So, you know, we, we get into this film and we're not, we're, you know, we're not 10 minutes in before Loki is dead and Black Heimdall is dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's just like, and, you know, not to mention Valkyrie, who presumably was on the ship, is also dead. Like, you know, I mean, so, so all of these characters from, one of the, you know, one of the last two Marvel films that you had seen prior to this one that you loved, um, three of those characters are already gone before before we've even seen the opening uh, scroll for the for the film, the title scroll for the film. Honestly, uh, you know, I think Heimdall got me more than Loki did personally. Well, yeah, and and well, I, it, it never even occurred to me that Valkyrie is dead. I'm if I'm being totally right. honest. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just that, like, it's, it's just like, why are we, why are we doing that? And, you know, or we, we do that and then we, you know, we lose Gamora. We've lost the collector, presumably. Um, you know, all of these people are, are, are dead. And I was along for the ride with that. Like, I was like, at that point, and you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just, um, uh, maybe it's just that I've got some, uh, Internal bias against Zoe Saldana. So uh, <laughs> I don't know do where it comes from. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but like, I, you know, but I, I mean, I felt the, the gravitas of her death. Um, and, and then, uh, and it, you know, and it made sense in the moment. And for her to be gone, it was like, whoa, this is, this is really heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's something wrong with the gravitational pull in our future. Um, so, uh, back to the future joke for those, (laughs) those of you nerds who didn't get that one. Um, but, uh, but like when we got to the end and as everyone, as, as Zachy is, has coined the phrase, as everyone's starting to dust, as they're getting dusted, um, when, when we see, when we saw Bucky dust, dust away, I was still like, oh man, this is heavy. And then when we saw Black Panther, I was like, wait a minute, you know, and 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 that's, you know, that was the moment for me 
where I emotionally checked out. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah. That that was that was the moment for me where I was like, oh, they're gonna hit the reset button on this. Um, I didn't, and and you know, and the other thing is that I didn't really go into the film uh, aware that we this was going to be a cliffhanger. That we, you know, I knew that there was going to be another Avengers movie, another an- another Avengers film planned for next se- uh, for next year. But I wasn't sure where it was going to be and what, you know, what direction it was going to take. Um, and then as I realized, like, wow, this movie is super long and we're getting towards the end and we don't really have a resolution um, that, oh, OK, yeah, we're, we're going to get a sequel or, a, you know, a part two to this to this film. And then as as the characters started dusting away, the characters that they chose to get rid of. Just just, you know, it just pulled me out. of. It didn't pull me out of the experience, but it emotionally pulled me out of the experience. Um, Had they chosen Cap and, you know, uh, Iron Man, because it it was it was so very specific, the characters that they chose, Mm -hmm. you know, all all of the Guardians except for Rocket. So, you know, they're coming, you know, you know, the Guardians are coming back and it would have, you know, when you have an ensemble cast, you can lose one or two and still move on. And, you know, and obviously the tenor takes takes a little bit of a tonal shift um, as a result of these characters being gone. But the but the but the Guardians can, can still continue. But when you lose Doctor Strange, who hasn't had a sequel yet, when you lose Black Panther, who hasn't had a sequel yet, when you lose uh uh, Spider-Man, who you know has a sequel coming, and you don't lose Iron Man, who you've been, you know, who you've lived with now for ten years uh, on on the on the big screen, and you've lived with uh, 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 Steve Rogers for eight or nine years, and Bucky for eight or nine years on the big screen. When those aren't the guys that are that are uh, dusting away. That's when you realize, oh, okay, there's some shenanigans going on. We're gonna get into true com the true comic book realm where no death is permanent. Well, and that's uh, that's oh, actually and, the and, oh, sorry, Zachy, please. Uh, no, sorry, Chris, I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, I I think this goes to what I said earlier. I think I think we're looking at this the wrong way. This is the middle part of the Infinity War story, so we don't know who we're gonna lose in order to get back everyone. Who we think we've lost, right? And I think right. that's really crucial. So I mean, I, right. I, I'm, I'm willing to put money down that that Tony Stark will be lost, uh, will, sure. will be the cost, you know. And and I think that's again when all is when when this this two part movie is a complete thing forever, we're going to look at it that way. We're not going to look at it in terms of oh, who, look at all the people who we thought died in the middle. We're going to be like, look who died at the end. Well, and it's, sure. it's funny too, as especially as a as a longtime comics reader, it seems like movies always eventually echo the conversations that you have within the walls of a comic book store. Because <laughs> now the oft derided concept of comic book death yeah. is creeping its way into the the and and granted, there's already a uh, a bit of a stereotype when it comes to to comic book death. I mean. I'm old enough where I remember Bucky being part of the conversation where, well, if you're not Uncle Ben or Thomas and Martha Wayne or Bucky, then you're <laughs> going to be permanently dead. And now that even isn't the good old days. accurate anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, 
you know, one of the things yeah. that to, uh, oh, oh yeah, I just I, I just want to kind of uh, rebut what uh, what Zachy was saying that that yeah, I I completely agree with you that you know when when we look back in, on the the and with the annals of history and when we have uh, the luxury of time and and uh, and and some you know some more perspective then yes everything will be looked at as, as a whole but for this film sure um and, and in fact i took my stepson and his some of his friends to go see this film who are marvel fans but hadn't seen lots of the movies and so you know this may have been like their fifth or sixth movie that they had gone to see so the, the you know so obviously the emotional impact of of everything that was transpiring wasn't necessarily as great for them as it was for, for those of us that have, you know, that have, uh, you know, consistently watched over the last 10 years. But at this, but the, at the same time, they were able, even they were able to say like, wait a minute, you know, I mean, this can't be, you know, you don't want someone walking out of the theater saying, man, that movie was great, but I know that the end isn't going to stick. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you want people, you want people to walk out of the theater to say, man, the movie was great. That ending sucked because it was so sad. I can't wait to see the next one because I hope that some of these guys come back. Like a real as sense a, of disorientation. Right. Exactly. As opposed to, I know these guys are going to come back and then what happens, you know, and then what happens after they come back. Um, you know, that there's, there's that sense of mystery could have been upheld. Uh, and that sense of disorientation could have been upheld had they chosen different characters to dust, uh, as opposed to the ones that you know have huh. announced sequels. <laughs> you know? I, I maintain that I think they just needed to have like a coda with the, uh, the remaining Avengers having some sort of emotional reaction and resolution Mm -hmm. so that the mystery set up a mystery of like, we know they're coming back because we know they're coming back. You know, you Marvel, I'm just talking to you Marvel, you know, they're coming (laughs) back. Like, come on, like, don't play. Like, we don't know this. Right. Like to me, it felt like, um, like, I guess in music, like pieces of music always end on like the note that is, key that the song the song is in Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't it feels unfinished Mm. right and that's what this was it was like not finishing the song where you think it should go because it was like against it it was was something a little bit outside of the language of storytelling and movies and how you conclude a movie Mm-hmm. Right, and it was just it was more you know more like a mid-season finale or something like that yeah. which <laughs> i think really it speaks to a broader a broader issue which is kind of like how much does marvel have to make these movies individual movies i mean essentially they are like billion dollar giant episodes of tv in a long-running series and so right. they don't they don't have to conform to those sort of you know structures that we we like to see for plots of films mm-hmm. um but for me Ed, you know i watch a lot of movies and i expect 
a certain level of conclusion at the end of a film. And when it wasn't there, it was real hard for me. Well, and these ones are a little different because you're right. They, if you're going to create a shared universe with superheroes, then it almost demands an episodic structure. You know, the the DC extended universe is is shulking that a little bit. I mean, that's obviously not by design, at least not anymore. But uh, they're a little more self-contained when looking at something like Man of Steel or like Wonder Woman, whereas all of the Marvel movies to varying degrees are connected to the larger shared universe, except for like Guardians 2 and, uh, and one or two of the other ones. But I mean, this just kind of it goes back to the idea of, OK, well, what do we know that's coming down the pike? Who is left outside of a couple of other characters? It's the original core Avengers, as the, at least as far as I mean, we haven't seen Hawkeye yet, but right. I'm going to presume that Hawkeye is around. Maybe that's a fatal presumption on my part, but uh, I mean, out of the original Avengers, I have a hard time seeing Black Widow go because now there's buzz around um, Marvel actually seeking out a director for her solo movie. For her sure. prequel movie. It's a prequel. Oh, it's a prequel. Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize ah, that. All right. well, well, I guess it's still that a kinda, solo movie. That kind of puts all of them up on the chopping block. I yeah. have a hard time seeing Thor yeah. go. Right. If he wasn't going to go in a movie called Ragnarok, then I have right. a hard time seeing him go in anything else. Right. But um, – Here's here's my thing when it comes to the ending, uh, because I saw where did I see it? I think it was at the Verge. There was an opinion piece uh, that said the Avengers: Infinity War ending uh, is not brave because no one takes it seriously. And it was a decent thesis, but what's the alternative? You know, they don't do that because if they don't do that then it just gets accused of being more of the same, right. you know? Right. So what is the alternative? Is it, do they, do they do something that has a more final ending with Thanos being beaten and move along from there? Or was it worth dipping into the possible risk of emotionally checking out as Cicero put it, than it would be, to whether more critiques, because the MCU does regularly get critiques of being more of the same by both critics and fans. Sure. So does Avengers Infinity War fall into that category because of this ending? Well, I, I think I think the issue isn't what they chose to do, My, or at least for me. Uh, my issue is who they chose to do it to. Right. And, and that, I understand and that. that. And, and that and that, you know, and that creates the emotional resonance. Um yeah. if you know, again, you know, much to your chagrin if if it were cap and and like like uh Zaki has already said, I fully believe that, you know, when when we're when this is all said and done in, in twenty nineteen, for for goodness sakes, uh but in twenty nineteen <laughs> Once we've seen whatever the the sequel to Infinity War is, once we're we're uh, done done watching that, there will be real tears shed because there will be a character that we've we've lived with and cheered for and and feared for and cared about over you know the greater part of this decade will be gone. I like well, I, and to I, that to that point, right. Kevin Feige himself even said that Avengers 4 serves as a dividing line yeah. in that all of the movies 
that Marvel Studios creates, the MCU as a whole will be looked at in two ways. Everything that came before Avengers 4 and everything that comes after it. Right. So, I mean, they're setting themselves up a little too much. Like he even said. It sounds like he's bracing us for a bunch of crappy movies. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when the MCU was good before? Oh, yeah. That's going to come. It's going to come in the same way that uh, the Lone Ranger movies were denigrated near the end of their lifespans, Uh, I'm sure. But uh, no, I mean, it's, it's a curious statement. Because of so Avengers four is going to serve as this primary dividing line and we don't really have a full idea of what that means, but they're setting themselves up so much. Now they're putting even more additional pressure on what this movie was going to be. Feige even said they've already shot themselves in the foot by withholding the title for Avengers four. Right. Because he said, well, the intent was to not take attention off of Infinity War. Which is exactly what it did. And that has backfired. Right. Which yeah. Is exactly what that it did. That totally backfired. Mm-hmm. So he says, no, it's just a title. Like, don't even concern yourself with it too much. He's already trying uh, to downplay the selection of the title for the next Avengers movie. There, I mean, there's there, uh, they can't stop. They can't stop the press train, the hype train on these films now. Uh, you know, once, I mean, r- seriously, once, uh, once we got, actually, I think it was by the time we had, we had reached the Avengers, you know, mm-hmm. like Iron Man was, was an experiment. Um, and, and Favreau knocked it out of the park. The casting, of course, was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then we got, a, a, we got a, a actually a really decent Hulk movie. Um, and it's just yeah. you know, and just that the the actor uh, can't work with anyone. So you know, we we got an even better Bruce Banner as a result of that. Um, but you know, and once we got Captain America, once we once they they were able to get all of those guys together in a film, and Joss Whedon was able to make that work, the the hype train was you know the hype train had left the station. So anything, any announcement w- w- with regards to, uh, to, with regards to characters in the MCU, movies within the MCU, they're, they're going to be discussed and dissected. And, you know, I mean, every letter of every title will have some, some kind of think piece or hot take about it. So there's no way to, to stop that, you know, to, to, to stop those types of, dissection and that type of discourse from happening. Um, mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that was a, that was a foolhardy endeavor by Kevin Feige to, to try and stop that from happening. Yeah. You can't, you can't stop the fanboys, baby. No, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, Rachel, do you have any other things you want to offer as far as what you didn't like about the movie? Not right now. No, not right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cicero, besides your expressions of uh, of checking out at the end of the movie, was there anything else that you did not like about it? No, no. I mean, I, I mean, even even though I'm emotionally checked out, I still love this film. I, I thought it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great, and particularly as a, a follow up to, I got to say, man, I love T'Challa's part in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be as involved as he was, 
But uh, and he, he not that he had a huge part, right. but he had an important one, right? And which he, I thought was awesome. I, well, you know, I mean, that's the thing. And and there, you know, you're if you if you scour the internet enough, you'll you'll find people that uh pro you know that that fall into your camp and you'll you'll find people that fall into the camp that says oh t'challa wasn't in enough and you'll find that about every single character that was in that film which which means that they did an incredible job of balancing uh the involvement of every single character i mean uh, honestly i think probably i think it's inarguable that to say that the most important characters uh, in this film, outside of Thanos, were uh, Doctor Strange uh, and Iron Man, and and then maybe Thor. Um, mm-hmm. Those were, you know, they were the the heroes that kind of drove these drove these stories, uh, drove these stories. But I, I feel like it was what an amazing feat it was for them to take all of these characters and. And leave everyone feeling either a their favorite character got an uh, you know enough to do, or b their favorite character didn't get enough to do, while other characters got enough to do. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean that that is an incredible feat. Absolutely, I think the Loki fangirls yes, uh, yes. might disagree they, with that you. That is true. That is true. All seven of them. <laughs> you are correct. What an arc Loki gets in the MCU, though. Yes. Like, I was thinking oh, about man. that. Was like, he dies a hero. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A rare chance. Yeah. Right. And, sure. and in fact, when you start, when he, when he goes on the heel turn, when he's, you know, he's sucking up to Thanos. Yeah. Your heart, it's like, your, oh, Loki. Yeah. Right. So, you, you know, your heart, your heart sinks a little. Because you're like, you're so disappointed in him. But then you're like, oh, it's Loki. That's, you know, Loki, Loki does what Loki does. Uh, you know, it's just mm-hmm. Loki doing Loki. Uh, but then, but you're hoping that he doesn't. And then you see the knife materialize and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. you know, and then, uh, um, you know, because even before that, like Loki is there and he's like, yeah, I don't care. And blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, uh, you're, you're going to die just like every other Asgardian. He's like, I'm not Asgardian, mm-hmm. and we've got a Hulk. <laughs> and you're like, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, he held that in his back pocket yeah. for the last six years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, right, exactly. And you know, I mean, just look at the two of them. They went from being, you know, he went from being a puny god to to being able to call this guy out as as his enforcer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What man? They've done a, an incredible job with these films, man. Yeah, you sit back yeah, and you really, really try and analyze what they were able to do collectively over the last ten years has just been. Fun- I mean, I, I've never seen it done before. No, no, no same here. Well, Zachy, as uh, another resident cinematic critic, uh, if you put on your your hardcore critical hat, then what does it tell you about Avengers: Infinity War? I mean, this is, it's a very, very solid entry in a continually unfolding mythology. So that's, uh, I mean, having seen it multiple times now, whatever qualms I had have really, uh, they've dusted away as if Thanos (laughs) snapped his fingers. Uh, You know, it's, it's, I mean, because what I'm left with is 
the the emotional highs and lows. I mean, the the stuff I think about is when Captain America makes his appearance oh, for the first time. Oh my god! And that music goes. When when Thor uh, shows up on the field of battle and the Avengers theme just blasts on the soundtrack. You know the it's it's. Um, you know when when Doctor Strange is facing off against Thanos, and he and he he duplicates himself, and there's there's hundreds of him. You know, it's all it's this comic book world that's been realized so completely, and and really the the name of the game is patience. Marvel patiently just parceled out little pieces of thread, and then ten years later they've sewn us a sweater. Yes. You know, yes. <laughs> yes. And 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 that's how we got here. And and you know, uh, I, I, not to make the DC comparison again, but I, you know, watching it again just the other day, I, the, I I mourned for the DC movie universe that we may never get that could have yeah. been on par yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, mistakes were made. I think that's uh, fair. And, you know, as as someone, and I know that you enjoyed Justice League as well, Zach. Yeah, but, I did. You know, there's there was a little too much faith in a single person to draw. Because I think that's the core fundamental difference between the two is that Marvel, yes, they have one primary ringleader, but they didn't put all their eggs into the basket of a single filmmaker who turned in a movie that was good, yeah. but that wasn't as universally praised as something like Iron Man was. And it should have been Jeff Johns. He should have been the guy. He should have been there. Feige. You're, you're, you're speaking my language in so many ways and I could totally (laughs) go off on a tangent about that, but I really, really shouldn't. Life is long. Chris. (laughs) Yes. You may. may, Yes. We'll get there. Yeah. Who knows what the future holds? Well, I mean, who knows things things could turn around you never know like they have a they have a pretty decent guy in charge at least from what i understand of the future of dc movies so let's just bang the drum for aquaman for the next few months and hope that it's as as good and solid as i'm sure james wan could make it if given the the uh, the proper time to do so but one other thing that i did want to mention tiptoe over that bar hey i mean He's he's definitely an unsung hero in a lot of ways. So if if any superhero can surprise people at the movies, I think it's Aquaman. Okay. But we'll, we'll see. see. We will see. Uh, one thing that I did want to mention, because Zachy, you brought it up uh, about Thor coming up onto the battlefield. You know, in 10 years, we've had upwards of nearly 20 movies. We will have the 20th movie uh, this coming right. summer. And the musical legacy of the MCU is hit and miss, to say the least. I think that's relatively fair to say. But holy hell, if anything has managed to uh, attach on to the the superhero musical zeitgeist, like something along the lines of Danny Elfman's Batman score, uh, then I think it's Alan Silvestri's Avengers theme. I mean, it's clearly the most iconic and and oft- repeated musical cue musical theme in the entire mcu series as it should be like it's great that no single score overshadows the avengers theme because the avengers are you know the standard bearers of the entire universe but i i you know i i underestimated how much power that that theme had over me because 
the arrival of Cap, which is my favorite part in the movie, and the arrival of Thor just pounded me emotionally in ways that I did not expect. And a lot of that is due to the music. Those scenes would... The Cap scene might play pretty cool, but neither of them would play nearly as well as they do without that music. Yeah, agreed. Oh, yeah. So, very good. I just want to say that I said a lot of bad things about the movie, (laughs) but... Um, after Civil War, I was the least interested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I'd ever been. And now after Infinity Mm. War, I am the most interested in the MCU that I've ever been. So it made me feel bad feelings, but I guess they (laughs) they did what they wanted to do because like I want to kind of rewatch all the movies now and get a better appreciation. Okay. Well, we'll we'll get on that. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Careful. I'm gonna go I'm getting right. the phase one yeah. briefcase right now that no. we have on our shelf. Yeah. Uh all right. Well, I think uh we've pretty much gone round and round on Avengers Infinity War. So let's wind this down with some final thoughts. Cicero, what are your final thoughts concerning Avengers Infinity War? Where do you think it stands in the overall MCU? Are you planning on seeing it again while it's still in theaters? Give us a whole shebang. Uh, where does it stand? So um, it is definitely in my upper echelon. It, it, I don't know if it's on my Mount Rushmore of Avengers films mm-hmm. or, or, or MCU films yet. Um, but that bar is that like th- that Mount Rushmore has some heavy hitters on sure. it. Uh, so. Um, it, but it, you know, I left with a gigantic smile on my face. I left, uh, evangelizing the film, uh, to my friends without giving spoilers saying you must go see this film. Uh, it is a phenomenal film. Uh, I will see it again. I've already paid for it twice and seen it once. I fell asleep on it. Uh, the second time, not because I was, uh, bored, but because I was tired and had driven, <laughs> I had driven for for seven hours and was up for like eighteen before I laid down in a reclining chair to watch the film. Oh lord! Um, so yeah, so it was it was just a mistake. Um, but I but I did wake up to laugh and then fell right back to sleep. So that was that was that was fan, fantastic. Um, I can't wait to go see it again. I will like to go see it uh, in IMAX 3D to get the the full 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 experience of it. Um, so uh, yeah, it is it is definitely a a film that I don't mind giving my money to, and uh, um, can't wait to add it to my collection of of permanent films, whether it be digital or physical. Yeah. All right. Very well said. Zachy, where do you see it as far as the wider pantheon of the MCU is concerned? Are you going to well, see it again? And your full final thoughts? Well, um, well, I, you know, this, this is a peek behind the curtain, but I like the movie so much that we had to pause the recording so that I could go watch it. <laughs> and see it. So when we started recording, I had seen it twice, and now as we wrap up, I've seen it thrice. <laughs> that should tell you all something. It's true. Um, I can vouch for that. <laughs> the magic of it. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Chris. I don't mean to like give away the game. <laughs> That's okay. I think it's fine. We, we gotta keep it real. Um, but you know, I, I've I've long since given up ranking these movies because yeah. to me, what I've just come to realize is I love this universe yeah. and I love 
every couple months we get to come back here. I may like X entry more than Y entry, but I know uh, going into the theater, I will probably enjoy myself because I just get to visit with my friends again. And I can safely say there's never been a franchise quite like the MCU. And, and I love that it exists and I love that I'm able to experience it. And I especially love that I'm able to experience it with my kids who, who have a relationship with the Marvel characters that is completely distinct and separate from the one I had as a kid, which is primarily through the comics. They, they are through the movies, but they are just as passionate and, and in love with it as, as I was. And, and man, isn't that great? Oh yeah. They get to, they, they get to grow up in the world that we dreamt of as comic books. That's right. So true. Which is, which is pretty awesome. Um, as for my final thoughts, uh, well, I mean, like I said in a written quote unquote review, I can't really review this movie and I still feel pretty strongly about the fact that it's not a complete story. Uh, but, you know, I also have read Thanos Quest, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. Uh, so I kind of have an idea of how this is all going to shake out. But regardless of that, moment to moment, you will not find a movie that rewards you more for paying attention to the last 10 years worth of, of films that this studio has put out. Uh, it just further solidified my love of the characters that are created in comic book storytelling, particularly from, uh, you know, visionaries like Jack Kirby and, and, I, I like Stanley too, but I'm just sure. I'm a big Kirby guy, so I, I tend to to look at him with a little more reverence. But um, you know these characters that sprung from those men's brains 50 years ago, and you know we've already gotten or, or longer, but we've already gotten other characters that have come into the mix uh, that have been around more recently, and they've just added to such a wonderful tapestry. Uh, yes, like Zachy. I, I'm disinclined to rank the movies. I had to for my job recently. So there is that like, but that's because I was forced to the only <laughs> ranking that I'll put on the MCU is that Thor, the dark world is still kind of in last place. But yes, other than that, yes. there's, there's everything else. <laughs> right. that one. I mean, it's fine, but right. it's, it's the right. one that I enjoy watching. Right. Right. Age, age of age of Ultron is probably right above that. Oh really? You didn't? Oh, see, maybe. Well, oh, oh that. man, hold on. That's a whole nother podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't open up that can <laughs> right, of worms, man. Right, right. You don't. You don't I know. Got, I got some things to say about Age of Ultron too. <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys. I got to put my boxing gloves on. It seems. Oh boy. Figuratively. Right. Figurative boxing gloves. Right. I don't actually box my wife. That boxing. Boxing gauntlets. You would lose. Yeah, I would probably right. lose anyway. She, boxing she, gauntlets. She'd kick my. Are you kicking the table for? Jeez. Anyway, <laughs> so Avengers: Infinity War, very consequential film. Uh, highly recommended. I think. Yeah. Fair to say. Yeah. From all easily. Of us, easily. Right? Yeah. Especially if you've been paying attention to the MCU over the course of its life. Um, one last thing that I do want to bring up for those of us that have read the comics: uh, Do you think this is gonna? First of all. Is Adam Warlock going to show up uh, because he was hinted at at the end of Guardians Volume 2? And for those of you that may have read the, the comics that this movie seems to be based off of, at least on a, on a peripheral basis, 
Adam Warlock is a big character in the story, though he may have been replaced right. sort of by Doctor right. Strange in in the movie right. version yeah. of Infinity War. But do you think this is all going to come down to the Soul Stone again, like where everybody might be residing as we wait to see what the next movie is going to show us? Well, that definitely seems like uh, that's the case um, when you when you see Thanos. After he snaps his fingers, you, you've got to assume that that's where he went, where he saw baby Gamora or, you know, young, young child Gamora who who asked him, you know, what the cost was. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to tell if that was literal or not. I'm not completely sure just because of the way it was right. photographed. But right. we'll see. Zach, I don't know. Zachy, what do you think? Um. I, I'm not ruling it out, but I, I will be very, very shocked if Adam Warlock uh, is a factor in how this story resolves itself. It it feels a little too Deus Ex Machina to just suddenly have him show up. And you know, I mean, in, when he when he when he appeared in in the Infinity Gauntlet comic, he he had existed in the universe, so he was oh, yeah. he was somewhat of a known quantity. I think that that Captain right. Marvel yeah, will I think play so that too. role. Sure. And, they're very deliberately releasing her origin movie, you know, like two months before Infinity War Part Two comes out, so that you can be like, oh, you know, we just met her, you know, now here mm-hmm. she is. So I, that makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that makes sense too. I mean, I'm pretty excited for Captain Marvel, guys. I have to admit, uh, I was I had been on the job for a few years when Carol actually graduated up to being Captain Marvel, but. Uh, just everything that I've heard about the movie concerning its 90s nostalgia, the presence of Coulson, the presence of Ronan the Accuser, and seeing Carol Danvers in a movie for the first time, that's going to be pretty awesome, I think. Concur. More Ronan, right? More Ronan. More Lee Pace all day, every day. All right. Well, so that is going to conclude our detour into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The next time you hear us, we will firmly plan our feet back into the Alpha Quadrant and talk more specifically about something in the Star Trek universe. But as for right now, that is going to do it for episode number 21 of Discovery Debrief. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please like and follow us on our social media channels. And if you'd be so kind, we'd also appreciate it if you wrote a review for the show on iTunes or Facebook. It only takes a minute and we'll be happy to read your review on the air when it is posted. If you have any questions, you can follow the show on Twitter at DSC Debrief, where you can also find all of our individual Twitter handles. And feel free to send us questions through Twitter, our Facebook like page, or by emailing us at hailingfrequencies at discoverydebrief.com. Please be sure to set your courses for this feed for future episodes that will, in fact, be forthcoming. And they'll talk about Star Trek. <laughs> How about that? But uh, So, you know, keep your eyes on our social media channels. And hopefully we'll have quite a few surprises coming for you very soon, especially if you're a fan of the Star Trek franchise over the last 15 years, 20 years, thereabouts. Should have some pretty exciting stuff. As always, though, thanks again to our bold panel of Star Trek franchise explorers. And until we meet again, Avengers Assemble. Go boldly, my friend.